As I said before, we're holding in abeyance our sermon series on the Ten Commandments. We're not going to be talking about today the Third Commandment. We're going to be talking about that next week, which is all about our worship life as we honor the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But today, since it's Fourth of July weekend, I want to talk about something else that I think is very relevant and pertinent to where America is today. I've entitled this A Transforming Agent in America. The Transforming Agent in America. I believe that we live in the greatest country on the planet, that there is no greater country in the history of mankind than the United States of America. It surpasses the Persians, the Greeks, the Roman Empire. It surpasses every generation that there has ever been. There is no greater country on the planet than the United States of America. Can I get an amen to that? Can you turn me down just a little bit? Because I'm going to get a lot louder. Okay, yeah. There's no greater, greater planet. No greater planet. Not that the United States is a planet. There's no greater country than the United States of America. We are blessed. The freedoms that we have. The opportunity to worship. Somebody was telling me they're from Italy, and they went to Italy recently to go back home, and they said, you can't get internet service all the time. And she said it was so frustrating. You know, you have to be here, a pocket here, and you can only use it for a certain time. And this is just a little thing. We have so many pleasures, so many gifts that God has given. And remember we said that every good gift that comes down from heaven comes from one source. It comes from Almighty God. Amen? Got it? Got it. Every good gift. So any good gift you have in your life comes from God. Don't ever say, I'm lucky, I'm fortunate, I'm blessed. Well, you can say, I'm blessed. Or I'm at the right time, at the right place. All that kind of stuff that we so oftentimes talk to good success or good luck. There's no such thing as good luck as a Christian. Every good gift that comes our way comes from God. Living here in the United States, having the freedoms we enjoy, it all comes from one source, and that source is Almighty God. Can I get an amen? amen. But that being said, America has some very huge problems. We all recognize that. Social ills that sometimes we think the government can fix. Idolatry is blatant. Blatant rejection of the word of God. Morals that are dictated by people's feelings and attitudes instead of the word of God. Legalized abortion. Same-sex marriage. People who say there's no greater entity in this world than me and I'm the one who dictates and determines what's right and what's wrong. And so oftentimes in America, what used to be wrong is called right and what used to be called right is called wrong now. And we look at that and we say, what has happened to our country? Why are we going down this slippery slope of moral depravity that eventually will lead us, unless things change, to its destruction? Because here's the thing, no civilization that was not based on God's word has survived. The Persian Empire died. The Roman Empire died. The Greek Empire died. And someday, a thousand years from now, the United States, at this rate, will be gone. So what can we do about it? Twiddle our thumbs? Hope that things get better? Have the government fix it? And that's the problem, see. That's part of the issue. We oftentimes look to the government and say, fix these ills. 
Take away these social problems. Make everything better. We have just come through the most divisive election in the history of our country. And our country is still polarized over it. And both sides, both Republicans and Democrats, said this is how we're going to fix America. President Trump's campaign speech, we're going to make America great again. So I've got to ask you, is the transforming agent in the United States of America a man we place in office or a governmental regime that we put in place? Some of you would say, yes. Now that we have our guy in office, things are going to change. Anyway, it's the government's role to fix these problems, these social ills, to make up legislation so that many of these things are overturned. That's the problem. Get the right people in the right offices and everything will change. That's the transforming agent. Is that what the Word of God says? Yes or no? <laughs> no. Sometimes we make government our God. When the Lord says, I'm God, I'm the one who's in charge. I'm calling the shots. I'm the one who puts you on planet Earth. But not only that, I'm the one who puts you in the United States of America. And you look to me for guidance and direction, strength and integrity. Don't look to a governmental agency. God is telling us to fix America's ills. That is not the transforming agent. Well, what is? Let's take a little tour through 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and you'll see what the transforming agent is based on the Word of God. This is what it says in verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So who wrote this? St. Paul wrote this. Who did he write it to? He wrote it to Timothy. What was Timothy? He was a pastor of a small group of believers in a town by the name of Ephesus in the first century. Were there buildings in Ephesus whereby people would worship inside those buildings? Worship centers? No. The first 300 years of the church, people didn't meet in large edifices like this. They didn't meet in temples or synagogues. They met in, does anybody know? In homes. They were called house churches. So Timothy is a pastor, this small house church in a large metropolis by the name of Ephesus. How many of them were there? Maybe 50, maybe 100, in a town of about 150,000. So this is a small group of believers, and Paul is writing this letter that's to be passed on to the believers in Ephesus. This small group of followers of Jesus, 150 strong. And he says this, pray for one another. Pray for people in your congregation. Pay for people, pray for people in your culture and society. Pray for those who are hurting. Give thanksgiving and supplication for those who have been blessed. Continue to pray for all people. That's what he says in verse 1. Because there's power in prayer. 
There's transformational effect through the power of prayer. Prayer matters. Prayer works. God is in prayer. He's saying pray for all people. And he mentions those there. Prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people. And then he gets more specific. And he starts talking about who we're especially supposed to pray for. And he mentions that in the next verse. Okay, he says, pray for all people then, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, verse 2, for kings and for those who are in high positions. So who are the kings, who is the high position authority back in this day, in the day that this was written? It was the Roman government. And as many of you know, the Roman government persecuted Christians, and so here, St. Paul is telling Timothy to tell the congregants in Ephesus to pray for Nero. Pray for the political leaders. Pray for those who are in authority over you. Why? That they might make wise decisions that are truly in the people that they govern's best interest. That's why he said, pray for Nero. Pray for your governmental authority so that you might have freedom, liberation, so that you can live your life peaceful, quietly, with dignity, and in a godly way. So look at this. As we think about what we pray for, to our government, um, for our government, for our governor, for our mayor, for our police department, for our president, what are we praying for? That they would govern with the wisdom that comes from God. This is why we oftentimes say the more Christians that are in office, the more they're led by the spirit of the living God through the word of God so that they govern with the wisdom and integrity that comes from God's word. So we pray that those who are over us, our governing officials, our president, our governor, our mayor, church, uh, city council, et cetera, et cetera, that they would govern us in a way that brings glory to God and would keep us safe so that we can live our lives as it's described here. Well, how is it described here in verse 2? Go ahead and look at it. We are to pray for, verse 2, kings and all who are in high positions so that we may lead. Now, notice what it doesn't say here. So that all our social ills are fixed so that we get health care for every person, so that the economy is improved. Is that what it says? A lot of Christians think so. Here's the government's number one responsibility, and we hear this a lot, and it's right on, according to the Word of God, that we would be kept safe. That no other country would come here and take away our freedoms and destroy our land and kill our people. So here St. Paul is telling Timothy, tell the people there to pray for Nero so that they can live quiet, peaceful, dignified, and godly lives. Holy cow! What an earth shaker that is! So if you're going to pray for the government and pray for our president, pray that he governs with wisdom and integrity based on the word of God to keep us safe, to protect us so that we can live these kinds of lives. Is this the kind of life you live in? A peaceful, dignified, quiet, godly life? Then the government, if that's the kind of life you're living, then the government has done its job. You get what I'm saying? It's done what it's supposed to do. I was sitting in my hot tub last night, and I didn't hear any gunfire. There weren't any mortar shells breaking up around me, and I thought, holy cow, 
the government's doing its job. Roads are built, we're protected, we're safe, and now I can live my life loving my wife, loving my son in a dignified, quiet, godly, peaceful way. And you can live your life that way too. And here's the thing. When Christians live that kind of life, do you know who can tell makes, it makes an incredible difference with? Those who don't know Christ. When people see the difference that Jesus makes in your life, the love that you have for other people, the joy that is expressed in your heart, the peace that you have, the pardon that you share, the choices that you make, the words that you speak, the actions that you portray. When you live that kind of life, it brings attraction to the gospel of Jesus Christ. People will look at you and say, what is it that you have that I don't have? And so the government gives us the opportunity to live that kind of life so that Jesus Christ can be glorified and the kingdom extended and people won for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as you live a life dedicated to Christ, committed to Jesus, built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and his word, you will give a powerful witness to people around you that Jesus Christ truly does make a difference. That's why Jesus said we're to be salt to the earth and light to the world. What does salt do? It's a preservative. It preserves things that it touches. So when Jesus says that we're salt to the earth, we're to preserve integrity and decency and honesty and morality in a country that seems to be running amok and were to be light to the world. What is light? It penetrates the darkness. In a wicked, evil, depraved world, we bring the light of Christ to any environment we're in. And why can we do that? Because the government has given us the freedom to live that kind of life. So the call to be transformational is not dependent on the government. It's dependent on the Holy Spirit giving power to God's people called the church to let their light shine, to see the tremendous difference that Christ makes in a person's life. And that's a difficult challenge because I'll tell you, 25% of the people on, in this country, in the United States of America, are Christians. 75% are not Christians. So we've got a lot of work to do, a lot of living to carry out. A lot of joy to express, a lot of love to share, a lot of peace to portray, because that's what we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? And when we're out amongst people that don't know Christ, guess what? That's the transforming agent. Wow, you're so different. How come you didn't get upset when the boss yelled at you like that? Or how come you didn't take God's name in vain like everybody else? Or how come you go to church on Sunday? Let me tell you why. Because I have hope in Christ. Because I know a better day is coming. Oh yeah, I think this new governmental regime will fix everything. No, no, that's not what I mean. I mean a better day is coming when Jesus Christ comes back and he makes everything new and everything perfect and then we'll truly have utopia. We'll truly have peace on earth. By the way, you ever seen the Miss America pageant? How many times do we hear them interviewed? What would you like to see happen in this world? And what do they always say? World peace. You know what? That's never going to happen. The Bible says that 
Until Christ comes, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, kingdoms rising up against kingdom and nations up against nation. It's going to continue to happen. So here in America, we have peace, dignity, freedom, tranquility. All of that we have as a result of God's blessing upon our government. Our government is keeping us safe. And if you go to a foreign country and you see, especially in the Middle East, those folks are worried every day whether they're going to live another day. And we here have an opportunity to make Jesus known in a powerful way. Do you know, this was written during the Pax Romana. Does anybody know what the Pax Romana is? That there was Roman peace throughout the nation. The Roman Empire was all around the Mediterranean Sea and there was peace from place to place to place to place. And what Paul is telling Timothy to tell the congregation to do is to give thanks to God for that peace. In a lot of ways, that's the way America is too. But the transformational agent to change America is Jesus Christ dwelling in the hearts of God's people. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's no other transformational agent. Don't look to the government to fix the social ills of America. Only Jesus Christ can fix the social ills of America. Amen. He's the transforming agent. Some of you are sitting there like, I don't believe you. (laughs) It's not me saying this. This is the word of God. Somebody told me, what you said today, pastor, every nation needs to hear that. No, but I think our nation needs to hear it. I think a lot of times we just think the government will fix everything when that's not the government's job. The government's job, according to this word, not me, this isn't Pastor Dave, don't write me a letter or send me an email. I didn't agree with your sermon. If you disagree with what I'm saying, you're disagreeing with the word of God. It's the government's role, according to this text, to keep us safe. Are we safe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're safe. That gives us the joy and opportunity to express our faith to other people around us without fear of retaliation or great persecution. That is a blessing. So let's look at what this says. So let's start at the beginning. Go back to verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. We talked about that. For kings and for all those who are in high position, we pray for our governmental leaders. Why? So that as they keep us safe and protect us, we may lead peaceful and a quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Now I love verse 3. This is good And it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. So what's happening here in America, that the government is doing its job to keep us safe so that we can live peaceful, quiet, dignified, and godly lives. This is good. God smiles upon that. This is a wonderful thing. And what's God's ultimate reason that we would be blessed in such a way? Look at verse 4. Actually, let's look at verse 3 so that we understand the context of verse 4. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4, would you read it with me? Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Did you see that? That when the government is doing its job, when it keeps us safe, when we have roads to travel on, when we have a police department so that we can live peaceful, quiet, dignified, and godly lives, 
so that we can express our faith and live out our faith, allegiance, and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. And people see that. As people see that, they're saying, what that person has, I need. They have Jesus in their heart. The byproduct of that is that they're living a peaceful, quiet, dignified, and godly life. I need what they have. No man that we put in office, in the Oval Office, is going to change America. But the man that we put on the cross, he will change America. Amen? Through the church, through God's people. So the bottom line of all this is church. Church in America, wake up. The fields are wide into the harvest. The reason there's moral depravity in America is because people are not being led and guided by the spirit of the living God, the transformational work of the Holy Spirit, the work of Jesus Christ, and the power and foundation of holy scriptures. Why in the world was America considered so great in the 50s? How many people in the 50s went to church? 70%. What did our country look like in the 50s, a lot different than it does today. I mean, some of the issues that people are dealing with today, in the 50s, they would have said, that'll never get voted in. That'll never happen. Why do we see legalized abortion? Why do we see same-sex marriage? Why do we see moral depravity going more and more and further and further away from the truth of the Word of God? Why do we see that? Because there's less and less Christian people. So the church needs to be woken. The church needs to be the changing agent to our culture. And when the church becomes a transforming agent in the United States of America, great change will occur. Well, that's fine, Pastor Dave, but what does that have to do with me? Here's what it has to do with you. Continue to live your faith. Continue to be a bright and shining light in a dark and depraved world. Let your light shine to your family, to your neighborhood, to your community, to your workplace. Through the choices you make, the actions you portray, the words that you speak, and the worship that you give. And if every Christian would say, I'm going to live my faith out there in the world where people need to see Jesus desperately, that will have a catalytic effect on this country. But not until then. I pray that the Lord creates a revival in the United States of America because that is the change agent. It's the Holy Spirit bringing people to faith so that people are so excited and so intoxicated by the power of the word of God that they're on fire for Jesus and they go out in the community and they shine for Christ. That's it. Recently I got on a plane and the ticket said this. This is no good if detached. In other words, if you tear apart that ticket, if you tear it at that, that perforation, it's not good. It's not valid. Do you know how we make America good again? God's people trusting in Jesus. God's people living out their faith. God's people praying for civic leaders that can govern rightly and justly 
so that more and more people are not detached but attached to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, because he is truly the transformational agent of America. He and his people. And that, and that alone, is how America will be made great again. Amen.